Michael, why are you doing this? You were hired to protect Charles. You can't leave him. These people are no longer interested in your boss. They just got what they were after. What are you talking about? I don't have time to explain it all to you now, Tanya. There are those who believe that life here began out there. We can rebuild him. Hercules Atlas. These are their stories. Autopilot with Scott Johnson and Tom Merritt. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Autopilot. This is Autopilot. We talk about pilots. You know the drill. It's episode, or sorry, season three, episode six. I'm Scott. We can rebuild him, and he'll look just like Hasselhoff Johnson. And Tom Comtron is a terrible name for a tech company merit. It really is. Ugh. It's a horrible name. I hate that name. It's the only name they could use, though, because everything else was taken, I suppose. Yeah, and that font they used? Ugh. Hello, Atari 2600, man. <laughs> it's a computer font. <laughs> it totally. I can just see executives uh, signing off on that dumb idea. Make it look like computers. Uh, you know. today, today is an exciting day, ladies and gentlemen, because today's pilot on Autopilot is Knight Rider's first episode which originally aired as an NBC Sunday night movie simply called Knight Rider. This was later named Knight Rider, uh, or excuse me, Knight of the Phoenix Parts 1 and 2. And this was for syndication. Uh, written by series creator Glenn A. Larson, Utah Connection, and directed by Daniel Holler. Uh, by the way, Glenn Larson, how many is this now? We've done BSG, we've done this. Did we do Magnum? We did Magnum, right? Magnum's coming. We haven't done it yet. Oh, yeah. We're doing that later this season. Uh, I think there's one more, but we are... Yeah, we, I know we, we did one. We're going to be Glenn Larson. We're going to be lousy with Glenn Larson on this uh, podcast. Well, the, the entire TV history of television is lousy with Glenn Larson. <laughs> right. All of, can't avoid su- it. all of its successes and hatred of critics is lousy with Glenn Larson. All right. Let's get straight into it. I could still make a deal for you if you cooperate. Give it to me. I intend to. guy sounded a lot like Hasselhoff, even though it wasn't Hasselhoff at the time. But it was Hasselhoff doing the voiceover. It was. Not the whole time, though, right? Because in the casino. Oh, yeah. Was that him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Weird. Okay. They, I, they, I, they, I just figured everybody was, was lip syncing and that guy just did his own. But I guess that was Hasselhoff the whole time. <laughs> it, just, it was the thing to do back then. It really was. It was 1982. Everybody was lip syncing. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so here is your introduction to Knight Rider. It originally ran from September 26, 1982 to August 8, 1986 on NBC, starring The Hoff as Michael Knight, yep. a high-tech modern crime fighter assisted by an advanced, artificially intelligent, and nearly indestructible car, which is actually the only character in the series I still like, called Kit. <laughs> and, of course, together they fought crime. That's right. So, Kit, pull together some notes about what happened behind the scenes. That's a terrible Hasselhoff, but I tried anyway. Here you go. I'm going to give you the same answer that I've been giving you for the past four days. He's probably the only human being on this planet who's in worse condition than you are. Oscar. Dude, this isn't the first time. But that was made... Oscar from Six Million Dollar Man, yeah, right? Yeah, what are you doing? Making another guy. Uh, well, I'm sure it cost a lot of money there, too. Not maybe not six million, but you know, well, Hasselhoff was the two million dollar man. <laughs> he was the other <laughs> third off. Yeah, the uh, other four. Off. The yeah. other four was spent on the car. Makes sense. <laughs> six Together they show. make a six million dollar man. <laughs> All right, let's jump in. Uh, Larson has said this. This is Glenn Larson speaking. He says the pilot episode open uh, opening scenes were filmed in Las Vegas, Nevada, at the night of August eighth, nineteen eighty two. 
The recovery scenes were filmed in Los Angeles, California, through the days and nights of July 26th to August 18th, 1982. And the detective scenes were filmed in Silicon Valley, California, through the day and night of August 19th through the 26th, 1982. So that's spread out kind of funny. Uh, also, that explains a few inconsistencies. Yeah, and don't forget. Yeah, there are definitely some of those. Like when he go when they yeah when they go to dump or get the girl's film from her micro fish camera thing. That's so clearly not just outside of Las Vegas. It almost made me tear up. Yeah, it's um, all well, Las Vegas got real green. Yeah, so. real green all of a sudden. Um, and nice and cool. Great weather they're having. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I just shouldn't. I should mention here because it's also behind the scenes that intro. Uh, is famous around these here parts because that was filmed on the salt flats near the uh, Great Salt Lake here. Oh, with the car driving through the salt flats. Yeah, which is really very iconic for the show and the the theme. But it is truly, that place is mesmerizingly weird. Like it is a very strange, it's about, eh, I don't know, about a half hour to an hour outside of town, like right out of the city. If you just go east, you run into it. Or is it West? Whatever it is. That's where everybody goes to drive cars really fast, right? Yeah, they That's do. Like, yep. Yeah. They have racing. Have you ever seen The the Fastest Indian, which was that right. weird movie with, um, well, not weird. I liked it. Uh, I can't think of his name. Who was in it? But anyway, that's that whole thing. And they and they still do this. My dad used to race there. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. So my dad was like 19. He would he had stock cars and he'd go out there and race. So it's a, it's a common racing theme, but it's also just ethereal and otherworldly-like. And if you've seen like the Poseidon, uh, not Poseidon Adventure, the Philadelphia Experiment. Yeah, the Poseidon Adventure at the Salt Flats would not be very good. <laughs> that would not be at all. Imagine there's water. Everything smells like fish, but it's, uh, it's beautiful. And uh, we're always proud to mention that uh, on the show. Anyway, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's see. Oh, during the first day of filming, Hasselhoff mentions that he had a stomach ache in the plastic surgery slash recovery scenes, which caused him to convincingly moan and groan with pain. It's almost like he's saying, you know, I'm really not that good of an actor, but yeah. I actually had a stomach ache, so yeah, it worked. Yeah, a stomach ache, so they kind of pulled that off. I, I laid on the floor a, dr- a drunk eating a burger. Oh, that was much later in his life. Never mind. <laughs> oh, man, that thing's still weird. Anyway, Larson has also said, I wanted to do the Lone Ranger with a car kind of TV show and a kind of sci-fi thing with the soul of a Western. Everybody said Star Trek wants to do a Western with sci-fi. Mm-hmm. It's basically it. Uh, and then Michael Long is played by Larry Anderson, although his voice is overdubbed by Hasselhoff. You mentioned that before. And that's why Long didn't appear in the credits. Mm. Because he said, well, crap, if you're just, if I'm not even saying the lines, I, I don't want my name on this. So, he, so it was his idea. He didn't want to be in there. Yeah, he, he withdrew his name from credits. Oh, weird. You know, I kind of found myself wishing he would have been the guy because I'm kind of sick of Hasselhoff's face or he's become so iconic. I mean, back at <laughs> the time, I wouldn't have known, but but now. It was funny to me. I was looking at, 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 at him and thinking, wow, that really doesn't sound that much like Hasselhoff. Yeah. It's that weird thing when you're looking at something else, it changes what you hear. Because when you play the clip just now. Yeah, it sounded fine. I'm like, that's totally hassle. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. There's something about the face matched with that that tells your brain this isn't quite right. And for Let's, and that's why I didn't think it was him talking at all. A few behind-the-scenes facts about the car, which mm. is my favorite part of the show. A uh, car they used as kit in the series was a customized 1982 Pontiac Trans Am sports model. Cost him $100,000 U.S. to build, Jeez. which in 1982 was a lot more money. Yeah. Than it is now. Uh, Kit's nose and dashboard configuration changed slightly through the pilot. If you were listening a bit to those sh- shooting dates, you may have figured this out. Larson said that uh, on the first season DVD, he did an interview where he said they created a presentation version of this to sell the show to NBC. They liked the concept, 
but they hesitated so long to pick up the show that eventually he didn't have time to go reshoot the presentation scenes. So they were simply edited into the movie. This because it was a Sunday night movie as the pilot. And they had some continuity problems because of that because they had changed the look of the car by the time they wanted to actually shoot the series. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. But I'll tell you what. I like me some uh, some kit. And when he got into that thing and said, what is this, Darth Vader's bathroom? I actually laughed. Yeah. That's a line that still holds up because Darth Vader's still a thing. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. William Daniels provides the voice of Kit, but he was simultaneously starring on St. Elsewhere, so he also requested not to be credited. (laughs) So you don't see his name anywhere on it No, which is unfortunate. That's just this pilot, though. I think later in the series he was credited all the time, I think. Wasn't he? I think he was. Had to have been. By season six or four, whatever it was, he had to be in there. I'll tell you what, though. Dude. Gives you a second chance oh, to live. not that. Stop. Unless, of course. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to... Wrong British guy. Wait. William Daniels. Well, you hit Command-T and the wrong app's open and you get into some trouble. But what I was going to do is... Let's see. Knight Rider. Um, so I was looking at the episodes of this thing. The episode list. And is it was common in the Jumpin' Shark era, which I would call the 80s, uh, where people were jumping shark, jumping sharks left and right. There are some really funny... Uh, episode descriptions later in this series. And I just wanted to read you one here before I forgot about it. It's called Fright Night. And by the way, all the episodes had the word night, K-N-I-G-H-T in them. Yeah, that like, was their, like like Friends did the one where blah de blah Yeah, yeah. So it's stick. like Night of the Rising Sun, Night Flight Freedom. And this one was called Fright Night. The Phantom of Stage 28 appears to be haunting the set of a modern-day Western raging sky. So Michael takes on the part of a stunt double while doing some investigating. If that doesn't sound like you're just about out of steam at the end of your run, I don't know what else does. We had a script left over from Scooby-Doo, so we turned <laughs> totally. it into a Knight Rider episode. That is so Scooby-Doo. Oh, that's hilarious. All right. Anyway. Uh, Final little behind-the-scenes thing that is relevant to you today. Yeah. A movie is still in the works. It's been kicking around since 2002, and I'm not talking about the remake that they did on TV. I'm talking about an actual theater movie of Knight Rider. Glenn Larson wrote a script at one point, uh, but on June 26th of this very year, 2013, Brad Copeland announced that he is writing the film's script after beating out Travis Beecham, Alex Kurtzman, and Roberta Orsi of Lost and Fringe fame. Whoa. Wow. So what do we know about Brad Copeland? I don't know much about that guy. Nothing. Yep. I don't don't know anything about that. I would would hope, here's how you do this. It's like like letting Ronald Moore write Battlestar Galactica now and just have Glenn Larson around for consulting. Just do that. Oh, he was the Brad Copeland was the showrunner of the Inbetweeners. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's an interesting choice. That's, That's a great show. Interesting cred. Yeah. He also co-produced it Arrested, Arrested Development. Uh, this sounds like they're going the Dukes of Hazard route. Uh, I don't know. If or I like the uh, Starsky and Hutch route, like take the 80s show and reboot it as a comedy. I would like it to be, I mean, there's some comedy, right? Him arguing with the car. There's a lot of comedy there, but, or potential, I suppose. But I would really prefer a more straight, serious approach to it and apply technology that we have today and things like that. I think that would be pretty neat. It sounds like this past June, they made the decision to, instead of having a dark reboot with Beecham, Kurtzman, and Orsi, to do a comedy. And and then they gave it to Copeland. All right. Well, you have any more requests for the car, for Kit? Yeah. uh, Kit, would you pull up some weird facts, please? Here you go. I've got good news for you. The 9-2000 will be ready. Why that made me laugh in the show, but it did. I <laughs> hushed him. Good news, everyone. 
Um, all right, where the heck are we? What are we, behind the scenes now? No, we're weird stuff. Uh, Michael Knight uh, is policeman Michael Long until Wilton Knight saves his life and gives him a new face. And what? He totally adopts him, basically, kind of, in a weird kind of... That's weird how that all went down. That is weird. Uh, because he took his last name, Knight. He's now known as Michael Knight. He's no longer known as Michael Long. And then uh, Wilton Knight dies. Yeah, then just, that's it. Weird. Shot in the it's face. Weird thing. Shot me in the face, just like Buscemi in uh, Fargo. Great movie. Anyway. This show loves more uh, acronyms a whole lot. Public Justice Organization, the Foundation for Law and Government, or FLAG. Uh, the other half of this pilot program is the Knight Industries 2000, or KIT. That's where KIT gets his name. Do you remember the episode with Carr? You remember Carr? Yes, I forgot about that until you just said it just now. I love that one. That's my favorite because it's just an evil KIT. Yes. And then and later, I, I, <laughs> at the time, I remember watching that as a kid yeah. and just being like, "Oh my gosh, there's two kids, and one of them's evil. This is amazing." Yeah, that was that was the way to get us. I mean, they really knew oh, yeah. how to get to your your inner ten year old and and pull out something like that. And then I think later there was a truck, and I don't remember what it was called. But it was like a big black semi with a with a Cylon nose, and that thing was out to kill everybody. I just that was great. But that was really good. They got uh, a bunch of famous people at the time <laughs> to guest on this. So uh, Phyllis Davis was a star of the show Vegas, and they brought her into the Vegas scene. Uh, and, and, of course, she ends up being in Silicon Valley because she's the, the evil lady, too. Hold on. Vegas was with um, – oh, right, right, right. Guy that uh, – Spencer for Hire guy. Uh, I can't remember his name. But anyway, it was like a crime show in Vegas. It also had a uh, dude who played Commander Cisco in uh, DS9. He played Hawk. I remember that. Vegas was great, by the way. We should Beretta's Michael D. Roberts. Mm-hmm. Uh, actress Pamela Susan Shoup is the love interest. Former child star Barrett Oliver is there. And Elvis Presley's two best friends, Lance Legault and Red West, are two of the truckers. Oh, weird. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. All kinds of names dropping the, all over the place. By the way, thing. Barrett Oliver, famous, uh, if you want to know where this kid, what he was in, he played the, the kid in the NeverEnding Story movie. Mm-hmm. And he played the kid in the Cocoon movies. Well, no kidding. Those are your most notable moments, I think, for that kid. Nice. Yeah. And uh, the only regular cast member that would come into the series that was not in this movie pilot, mm. uh, because this was, it was weird. It was that, like we said before, they do this a lot, where they'd have the Sunday night movie is Knight Rider on NBC, and then they turn it into a series. Sure. All intentionally, of course. But Patricia McPherson did not show up in the movie. Mm. This thing was a spinoff factory, but not a successful one. Mm. I didn't know this. I got all this I stuff know, you let's got see here. That is, I started researching this. It's all news to me. Code of Vengeance uh, was a sh- spinoff from 1985 to 1986. They did what is called a backdoor pilot, mm. which almost never works, but they took an episode of Knight Rider. They called the Mouth of the Snake and made that the pilot for Code of Vengeance and then spun off some characters from that. Oh, weird. Knight Rider 2000 was a movie from 1991. I remember that. Uh, Knight Rider 2010 was a TV movie very loosely based on Knight Rider. Not a lot of crossover with the actual characters from 1994. Uh, Team Knight Rider was a 22-episode season in 1997 with a non-Hasselhoff Michael Knight showing up in the cliffhanger ender, but they didn't get renewed, so it forever is hung on the cliff. I have this vague memory of the Michael Knight cliffhanger moment, uh, but I have no memory of any of the episodes of this thing. I have no idea what we'd be in for. It's all on YouTube, I've noticed. Entire episodes, the entire 22 TJR. run. Yeah, I kind of want to see it. I got. I know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that should be a season four yeah. uh, one. And then, of course, Knight Rider, the 2008 series, was an attempt uh, to do the same thing, all repeat history. They had a TV movie. Uh, it was starring Michael Knight's estranged son, Mike Trakur. <laughs> 
played by Justin Bruning as mm. the lead character. And the Hoff made an appearance to pass the torch yeah. in the, in the made for TV movie. And I think they did one se- one season. And don't forget the voice of the car was, uh, Oh gosh, my head, my head just farted. What's the, uh, uh, I'll be your Huckleberry. What's wrong with me? Um, he was in Heat. He was uh, the Jim Morrison in the Doors movie. Uh, Val, Kil- Val Kilmer. Thank you. Val Kilmer, the voice of the car in the uh, reboot in 2008. And pretty good, by the way. Like, that's the high point. I saw that whole thing. I was hoping, you know, I, I had think high we're hitting hopes. on a theme here, Scott, which is the high point of any variation of Knight Rider is always the car. <laughs> All right. Well, get ready for Turbo. Oh, wait, wrong Larson series. Uh, a go, Kit? What happened? Gives you a second chance to live. Unless, of course, you'd prefer to walk around with a face that might get you killed all over again. How far do you have to fall from the Val Kilmer acting tree to be Kit in the next series of Knight Rider? That just seemed like a far-flung thing from a guy who everybody used to just... Well, it's... Yeah, it was Batman, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. I, Not his most I, notable moment, but yeah. No. Maybe that's what made him go, you know what? I just want to do VO. <laughs> I'm done with this. Yeah. He's, he's a big old fat guy now. Like a great big fat guy. Is, yeah, maybe. Which is weird. I liked him a lot back in the day. Anyway, is he really a big fat guy? Oh, you should see pictures. No dude. kidding. Search and Google image. Well, that's what happened then. He's like, forget this. I'm not walking around anymore. I can be a car. Just sit at home and be a VO. Yeah, I'll be a car. I'll be Kit. And he was good. He had a, he was, that was the best part of that stupid short series. Uh, all right. Well, so let's talk about the episode and what we liked, what we didn't like, I guess. I don't know. There was a lot of, um, I'll tell you what I miss. I miss any of these old shows. And when we get to our TGA Hooker episode this, this season and some others, we're going to get more of this. But those 80s shows where everybody would be doing like an action scene or something, and then the camera would, and then they'd see a camera kind of and pause and smile. And then they'd do the credit for them and the, and the screen would freeze with them. Oh, there. Yeah. I miss that. That is such a great thing. And this show, this episode did, I did it. I see recently that does that. Mm. Like they brought it back. It's oh, a really? current t- television show. Oh, you're kidding me. I used to love that. I mean, I hate it, but I love it. Like, I don't want it in my new TV, but... Just, and, they're, you know, they're obviously doing it on purpose. To, sure. A, it's all show. ironic now. There's no way yeah, to yeah, do that yeah. without... Oh, I think it might be the Goldbergs. Oh, okay. Which is a, an 80s... It's set in the 80s, so right. it makes sense. That does make sense. But And you'll see... I mean, you can still watch a CSI or something where the opening credits are a montage of faces, but it's all very serious and faded in and faded out and very modern in its approach and it's kind of the same idea but this old way where they would like slide across a cop car look at the camera and then go oh you and then a little laugh yeah (laughs) that's the best anyway i thought that was nice i'm just starbuck (laughs) i'm just dirk benedict here's a tech question for you all right okay that little camera she had the morning stream those little cameras you know that you the little tiny thin ones that james bond carried around all the time and this lady used to get pictures of whatever she was doing um were those, I mean, that was, was that a real thing? Could you get a camera that little totally. back then with film oh, in yeah. it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always assumed it was TV bullcrap. Nope. Those are real. All right. You can do that. Okay. They, they took pictures too. That, that was what spy shops were all about back then was yeah. finding those mini cameras Yep. and how you could hide them. And, and of course you had to go get the film out of them. Right. No, but that's yeah, that, that's totally real. Yeah. And could you also believe. Oh, you you put a note in here about the first time we ever met was outside the Flamingo in Vegas, which was right there in the in this movie. But could you could you believe how different Vegas looked? Like it's so different. I felt like that was just everyone's grandparents there. There was that was not the Vegas I know today. Oh my gosh, no! And Frank Sinatra is on the key, the marquee for Caesars. <laughs> so weird. Like Frank Sinatra is still playing Vegas yeah. when this was just shot for B roll. Yeah. 
1982. Uh, And the Flamingo is dominating the strip. Oh, yeah. Huge. Do you remember when we met? When we met in front of the Flamingo, it was like, "Eh, here's this old hotel. It's kind of squished in between all the real hotels. (laughs) Right. And at at this point, it's like, the Flamingo is the thing, man. And everything else that has gone, has been imploded and taken out of there, is all up in front and center. So you've got like, uh, oh, I forget the, what's the one that's, I can't think of the theme of it, but. Or the name of it, but there's a themed one that's like Arabia something nights kind of thing. What was that called? Well, the Sands or the there's Dunes? The Sands, or... the Dunes. They had all those. The Aladdin, that's it. Yeah. The Aladdin was there still. Like most of the strip that I saw was all stuff that's been torn down since. And uh, that just, that was weird. And everybody's wearing brown suits with like elbow patches and they're, everyone's old. Young people in this show didn't go to Vegas like that's just if you were twenty one, oh, no. you weren't there. No, that was not a that was not cool. I guess that was not. For the old deals Maybe, from the sixties. I mean, they did have. I did see Circus Circus in there, which I think was Vegas. Circus Circus. The to, Golden Corral is still around. It's not a high end place. Weird. So weird. But it gets featured in this B roll. Yep. Uh, uh, also, Herbert Jefferson. You can't make a Glenn Larson series without a guest appearance by Herbert Jefferson, aka Boomer, <laughs> aka David Hasselhoff's partner. Well, actually, uh, Michael Long's partner. that gets shot. Yep. Yeah, that guy was in there. Well, that's right. That was Boomer. That was Boom. I always get Boomer and Colonel Ty, the old Colonel Ty mixed up. I don't know why. Those two actors. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. Huh. It seems dumb now that I yeah. think about it. But <laughs> yeah, that guy That guy is great. Boomer's great. Uh, who else I see in there that was weird to see? Oh, um, I couldn't tell you what movies he's in, but the guy that tried to steal Kit. Well, they did steal Kit and Kit ended up ejecting them. Oh, right. The thieves. Say, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the African-American dude whose name I wouldn't I couldn't tell you. He's in everything. Every movie ever made. That guy's in it. Usually dies early kind of guy. But, he's in you it. know, apparently that whole sequence of the thieves hmm. was added at the last minute because they were short for time. Wow, they were they also had a short for slapstick. To make this a TV movie, and they were they're coming up short, so they're like, "Well, let's throw in a little comic relief. We'll have two guys trying to trying to steal the car." Yeah, terrible scene. It was dumb, and the sound effects of them getting ejected, and it was a kind of moment, <laughs> which I didn't think was very good. I think they stole that from Six Million Dollar Man too, possibly. Yeah, I don't know. and sure. there's a so it's funny because you know sometimes these things don't age very well, and I remember as a kid when they would talk about micro, how the car ran on all microprocessors. Yes, at the time that sounded great. That was like, whoa, dude, that's so future. Microprocessors. Yeah, you hear it now and you go. No, well, of course it does. All cars run on microprocessors. <laughs> it's really stupid. That's the whole plot of the movie Dragon Day is that the only car that r- works is the old Ford truck that mm-hmm. doesn't have a microprocessor. I did forget, though, and this is something I got to give Hasselhoff some credit for because you kind of treat him like a cartoon now. That guy's, you know, he's funny to the Germans. He makes weird songs. He's in strange movies. He's very self-referential now. But back then and in this pilot, I think on display pretty well, is a really good sense of humor with the with the car. I mean, I actually laughed, and it was his delivery, not the joke itself, but when he got into the car and said, what is this, Darth Vader's bathroom? Like, that's a dumb joke. But I thought Hoff delivered those kinds of jokes way better than I remember. And so big credit to him for for making it funny. Like, it's I don't think that's easy. No, and I, if I... If I'm guessing, and I am, I am guessing, so I don't know why I'm saying if. I'm guessing that they didn't have William Daniels there delivering the lines back. Right. 
they probably had some somebody reading them, but he was having to work without knowing exactly how that line would be delivered by Kit in the future. Sure. And that was really funny. And there were a few moments like that. And I forgot how much, at least my 10-year-old self, really liked the interactions between him and the car. That was the star of the show. It wasn't just Hasselhoff. It wasn't just the car. It was kind of this combination of both. And it's still kind of stupid, but their conversations, like you said, probably filmed separately, really held up. And I was totally surprised by that, you know, helping him get out of that arrest because uh, because he fell asleep. That whole thing is weird. In fact, I have some of that. Hold on. Listen to this. Here you go. I told you he couldn't drive that smooth if he was drunk. That's a good one from the cops. I love these cops. Oh, that explains everything. <laughs> right. And that that really dates this. Right. <laughs> right. We're like, they're just like. Must be drunk. Guess we'll pull him over. Yep. You know, oh, oh, you're you're deaf? Okay. <laughs> we'll just be on your way then. Yep. Another like, one of those things. Yeah. It's great. Never mind. When he's yelling at him because he thinks he's deaf. Oh, that's fantastic. There were a couple of great quotes in here. I don't know if you grabbed them or not. I should have I should have alerted you. Mm. Um, but when they're talking about Silicon Valley, mm. right? And so, so keep in mind, this is 1982. Every calculator, every electronic kids game, they were all born right here. Yep. yep. Oh, no yeah. mention of computers. Yep. They computers, didn't that's a little edgy. Let's talk about things people can, ad- can identify with. Calculators and kids games. Yep. Yep. Oh, I also forgot to mention uh, the kid. You mentioned kid and it reminded me. The kid uh, who played Buddy in this. By the way, could you be more generic about the kid name? But anyway. Hey, um, buddy. Hey, buddy. What do you that's think? That's my name. <laughs> Such an old school name. But um, anyway, it was the kid in the original Frankenweenie short film by Tim Burton as well. Oh, really? Yeah, which is, if you haven't seen that, that's great. You can kind of, if you want to really get to the core of Tim Burton's birth as a filmmaker. That's who he is. His college short is really interesting. Uh, the, the new animated version's fine, too, but it's, it's worth seeing. Uh, I had a real problem with the town and the company running it. Uh, I just think that's the town? a bridge too far. Yeah, so the way it worked was this. This, t- this company, what was it called? Comtron? Comtron. They controlled everything. So the police would do what the CEO said. Oh, I think they were bribing the police. Is that how they it weren't running? They weren't running the police department, but they had, you know, there were a couple of corrupt cops on the force that, that helped them out. Just that, like that a bridge, was the impression. It just felt like a bridge too far. It's like no company. Oh, that's interesting. You know, it just bothered me through the whole thing. It's like, oh, don't I, mess with those guys. That's kind of a standard trope of these sorts of things. It's like, ah, they, got, they've got, they bribed some cops. Hmm. So they've got the fuzz on their side. Crap. Yeah. Now what are we going to do? It just seemed like everywhere they went, everything they wanted to do, they could just skirt all laws. Like well, all of Scott, it. that's the way it is in Silicon Valley. I mean, you <laughs> haven't lived there like I have, so you don't realize that that is entirely based on, on truth. Oh, good. All right. In 82, it was a real lawless bunch of... <laughs> yeah, it's still that way. Mm. Yeah, These I, days. I thought that was kind of... Uh, no, it's a, it is. I mean, actually, it's not that far off. I mean, these these guys are rich and powerful down there. So, I mean, I don't think they could get away with all the things in Knight Rider, but like what putting, bothered me more yeah. was the way they treated the kid. Yeah. First of all, he runs off and they're like, I can't find Buddy. Oh, well, <laughs> really? We'd have a freaking Amber Alert out by, for the kid by now yeah. if, this, if this happened today. And then he gets in the front seat. Yeah, when like, does that like, happen? Yeah, just, Man. Just strap in. I guess you're going to be in the front seat. Oh, yeah. No, I, dude, I, we, we now live in a society where we have been trained so hard yep. to, if you don't have a kid in, the, in, a, in a kid seat and it's not in the front, 
you are committing a heinous crime against humanity. And back then, yeah, social no services deal. would be on Michael Knight at that point. And you're old enough, and I'm old enough to remember a very, I think, a brief time because it got it started changing real quick for us. But there was a time there where seatbelts were not even a thing. You were just sitting. Oh, in the I remember the car. when Illinois passed the seatbelt law, and yep. how many people were like, "Can won't make me wear a seatbelt, government? I'm gonna." <laughs> You know, I'll wear a seatbelt when you when they throw me from my car because I stop too fast. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I also yeah. like uh, like the trope of dumb police. You have a quote in here where he says, uh, "Don't kill me. I got a dog at home." And I think he added <laughs> on to that a sick mother at the end. But dog yeah, came first. Yeah, sick mother. That's yeah. right. He did. That was great. That was <laughs> Don't great. kill me. I have a dog at home. I love like, that stuff. Identify man. Yeah, I do. Now to, to cap it off, my favorite moment for me. I, I would ask you the same. So here's my favorite moment. And then you tell me yours. It's when the lady. Thought she finally had gotten the drop on Michael Knight, ran up to the side of the car, the kit car, and Michael Knight's in the car yelling, don't do it, don't do it. Yeah. And the other guy behind is like, don't do it. Everyone knows but her. And she fires point blank into that windshield or the the window on the side of the car and the bullet ricochets and kills her. Yeah. That was fan-freaking-tastic. That would happen. It totally would. Of course, it wouldn't ricochet anywhere else. It would come directly back to her. Right back at her. And everyone would be trying to stop her and she wouldn't pay any attention. Yep. And you'd all carry out around the body and just let Michael Knight drive off. That's how it would work. Uh, do you have a favorite moment in Night Well, Ride? I want to give props to them for the use of bubble memory as mm-hmm. one of their throwaway tech terms, which was a real thing. At the time, it was considered probably a hot replacement for for the architecture of microprocessors. So somebody read an article somewhere to throw that in there because I that was I was kind of impressed by that. Weird. But uh, I think my my favorite thing is is the the IHOP that was the bar. Oh, like, <laughs> I actually don't know if that was an IHOP or not. But that that big old A frame and like that that must be an old like a closed down IHOP, right? Yeah, what they call that something fantasy uh, paradise at the end of the lane or some weird name on it and it looked like an i like they'd taken an ihop and just slap that on front of, on the top of it oh yeah there was definitely just a sign pasted over whatever the original sign had been yeah and it but, looked yeah. like a big family restaurant inside it didn't look like a bar apparently they, they i i did a, a just a small amount of searching trying to find the bar yeah uh, to see if it was still around in Silicon Valley, and nobody could find it. Really? There's some people like, yeah, apparently it used to be called this like Mal's something or other, but it must have been torn down because I can't find it anywhere. Like, it's kind of a mystery. Weird. Well, all right. Let's continue the mystery and get to rap party. As for me, I'm pulling out of here tonight, and I, uh, I'm taking my car with me. Oh, geez, easy there, buddy. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, so... Uh-huh. With your car. You had sent me these cool videos, which I'm not going to use because they're so video-y, um, but they're awesome. And I want to make sure people are aware of them. So there's two things. One was this great kind of unearthed promo for the original movie to air. And it ran Jake, on NBC. That has good audio. You could you could play that I one. totally could play that one. But I'll tell you why I ended up going down a different path in a second. Sure, sure. Because, uh, well, and I'll mention the other one. Somebody's done a really incredible mashup of that introduction and... Uh, or the, I guess the one that came later because the, the intro for this movie is different than the voiceover thing for subsequent episodes. But they, they mash it up with the uh, Back to the Future films, scenes from all three of them, and it's utterly fabulous in every way and people should watch it because it's just a yeah, great mashup. Go search up Knight Rider Back to the Future mashup because what it is is the Knight Rider theme yeah. with the Knight Rider graphics laid over scenes from Back to the Future, and it totally works. Yeah, totally does. I can I completely uh, agree with that. So instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play for people a reminder that David Hasselhoff is not merely just an actor oh, no. whose best years ended in the 80s or a guy 
who renaissance hosted it. Man. Yes, he is a renaissance man uh, for sure. There's a reason why he is near worshipped in Germany, although I'm told there's an entire generation now in Germany who could care less. But that used to be the way it was. Uh, he sings, and he sings a lot. And I love his cover of New York, New York, because it illustrates two things. One, it's just weird seeing him on the cover of an album. And two, he's actually pretty good. He can sing. He actually has the pipes. So here's a taste, just a piece of New York, New York by David Hasselhoff. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York. Not, not bad. I mean, you know, it's... He can sing. <laughs> you know it's David Hasselhoff the second you hear it, but... Well, and what I like is you. most people go for the Hasselhoff hooked on a feeling, which is a cheesy production. Sure. And you miss the fact that the guy can sing. He, he can sing really well. And he is more than happy these days to just go ahead and let him be who... He's like the Shatner of Knight Rider. He's finally <laughs> come to grips with it and is like, you know what? Nobody's ever going to just take me full on. I'm not Justin Timberlake. They're not going to take my music and my acting seriously uh, or separately. I'm just going to be kind of a bit of an American freak show, and that's okay with me, and he's embraced it. And I think that's great. So he appears as himself in movies like SpongeBob and other weird parodies where he is literally, he's in the new Piranha movie, Piranha 3DD or whatever it's called. And he agreed to be in that Knight Rider reboot as Michael Knight. Yeah, I mean, a lot of actors would be like, no, I don't want it. Shatner himself probably would have said, no, I don't really want to do yeah, that. Yeah, he would. And it was he, a T.J. Hooker reboot. Yeah. It, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I cannot wait for that episode <laughs> to get here. Um, but, yeah, I, I, so I, I just I feel like, you know, a, 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 he is willing to embrace it. So should we. So there you go. David. Now, Hanson. I want to I clear something up because I'm not sure it was it was it was clear in our, in our introduction here the the introduction of the of the movie that scott was talking about is a recording of nbc that very night the first time that the knight rider movie aired on television with the it's a nbc movie of the week sunday night and then there's this long i don't know it's like 30 seconds long explanation of what the movie's going to be mm. and they have it at knightrideronline.com uh, it's it's about 60 seconds long, the total video. Just look up pilot at nightrideronline.com and they have it embedded in the art in the trivia part of their description of the pilot, Night of the Phoenix. And it just really took me back listening to it, like, oh wow, yeah. They they used to do this all the time with these movies of the week yeah. to kind of make sure that you didn't change the channel. Like, hey, hey, wait, before you change the channel, here's all the things <laughs> that are gonna happen. You're gonna want to watch it. You know what? I'm just I'm hearing in my ear my little earpiece. Beep, 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 beep. I'm being told we now have the audio. We're gonna play it. It's a bonus, everybody. You've tuned in for this episode. Wow. You're gonna get I this now. Get special two-part rap. Party. Here's some audio from there you go. This is the logo. We got a logo action. It's taking forever. They used to have that movie logo. Make you feel like you're watching something really fun. Yeah, like something like special. Yeah, like a big production. Okay, here we go. Okay, NBC, NBC. Let's skip ahead a little bit. Here we go. Okay, here we go. The two-hour oh, okay. two movie spectacular crashes into your living room. I don't believe this. Well, you'd better believe it. A lone crusader for justice drives this crime crasher. The world's most fantastic car. And together they can do just about anything. After all, we're only human. Don't press your luck. And now buckle up for action with the fastest show on television, Knight Rider, the movie. 
Okay, interesting point. They unironically say buckle up for action. <laughs> yeah, they did. Uh, interesting point of reference here. The car in that trailer has a motor sound to it, like a regular car going. <laughs> in the series, it always went with that jet engine kind of turbine right. sound. Interesting. They dub all that out. So, yeah, that's really cool. I'm glad we found oh. that. Uh, so there you go, folks. That's your uh, that's your pilot. Guess what? Next week we got your uh, rap or your uh, excuse me your what are we doing next week? Logan's Run, oh, baby. Logan's Run. That's right. Oh my gosh, it is good to run. What that movie run taught me. I didn't know there was a TV show, so this is exciting for me. Can't wait. I to was see. introduced to Logan's Run through the television show wow. as a kid, and then I went and watched the movie later. All right, well, you'll, you'll find that right here on Autopilot. That'll be next week, right here. On Autopilot, which you can find at autopilotshow.com. Email us, autopilotshow at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Scott Johnson. Tom is at Ace Detect. And you can find the show at Autopilot Show. That's at Autopilot Show. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Tom. We'll see you next week. Put the podcast on auto, kid. <laughs> Like you're there!